hi, and welcome to The Female Leads. I'm Ava Hartling, and I'm the founder and host of this new podcast series. It was Canadian writer Margaret Atwoods who famously said, we still think of a powerful man as a born leader and a powerful woman as an anomaly. Unfortunately, that still holds true today, and this is why on The Female Leads, we speak to inspiring, powerful women about their journey to unlocking their own potential with the goal of empowering others. If you like today's show, subscribe to The Female Leads wherever good podcasts are found and give us a good rating. You can also follow us on Instagram. Feel free to like, comment, and share on our posts. Please tell all your friends about us. Visit thefemaleleads.com if you'd like to know more about me or about the guests on the show. You can also share some feedback and any ideas you may have about the podcast. Our guest on The Female Leads today is Melanie Jolie. Canadian Minister for Official Languages, Tourism, and La Francophonie. Melanie was elected in 2015 to the House of Commons, and she was named Canadian Heritage Minister by Justin Trudeau. She ran for mayor of Montreal in 2013, uh, starting out as a virtually unknown candidate and actually coming in second at the polls against all odds. Melanie is a lawyer. She practiced PR for several years. She is also a published author. I met with Melanie at the Museum of Contemporary Art since this is where her and I met almost mm, 10 years ago now. Melanie had started a committee of young philanthropists in support of the Montreal Museum of Contemporary Art, which really sparked a movement in Montreal and elsewhere in Canada with more young professionals forming committees to support cultural institutions. I asked Melanie if this had been at the time the start of her political career. Actually, it all started here. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, uh, at the time, um, I I was really preoccupied about about that generation gap that was happening in many of the cultural institutions in in, in Quebec, in particular, and in Montreal mm-hmm. specifically. And um, well, what happened is I, I I decided to inspire and influence myself from what was happening in in London and New York. And um, and also what had been done by uh, generations before us, mainly the ones that were actually um, headed by people like Pierre Elliott Trudeau. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at the time in the 50s and the 60s, a lot of uh, young people would gravitate around, um, you know, cultural institutions and. And, uh, and 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 also develop an entire network mm-hmm. of people that were driven by ideas and 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 friendship and they created um, important le- literary uh, magazines and, and organizations such as um, Cité Libre mm-hmm. and so what I did uh, and, uh, and mid uh, during my mid-20s was create two organizations one which was Generation d'idées yeah. which was an, a, a magazine which was presenting uh, political and public affairs uh, ideas and uh, and uh, that and the idea of that organization was to give a voice to our generation mm. and also to uh, to create an entire network of young people uh, that would support the museum of contemporary art and uh, and that would actually create a new network of mm-hmm. philanthropists 
that would support the younger generation of artists. I asked Melanie why she had felt the need to set up a committee and a project that was basically led by the new generation, as opposed to just following into the footsteps of the generation holding positions of power. Well, I, I wrote a book about um, the fact that our generation, and I think each generation, has codes because we are uh, the product of of an educational system mm -hmm. uh, and a and a context and a history mm. uh, that is uh, that is always different depending on what we've gone through and what we how we were raised and definitely there's uh, as as a uh, Uh, children of the baby boomers, mm. uh, we uh, we uh, had the chance to live in a society that was uh, not only peaceful but actually that was putting a lot of emphasis on psychology mm. and 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 uh, a a way of educating people based on uh, maybe less discipline but much more on the interest of the child, mm. and uh, and that made us uh, adults that um, are, have different, um, different I, I think, uh, priorities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, the question also of environment and the importance of, of ecology, like we was, was told at the time, yeah. was a first mm. uh, for, for our generation, which was not the case for the generations of our parents. So um, uh, I, I thought, uh, and specific, specifically in the, in the political, context of, of Quebec where a lot of the ideas were based at the time uh, of either you were you believe in the Canadian Federation or you believe in the independence of Quebec mm -hmm. was frustrating because it's as if the conversation could not happen around the fact of, of having progressive ideas and and talking about the environment or talking about uh, the importance of, of, of child care or, or, or the health system so mm -hmm. um, I think that that's why I wanted to create these forms and uh, ultimately uh, have uh, have discussions and 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 leadership uh, uh, platforms which were actually uh, not about us without us interesting mm -hmm. and you had studied law did you always know you would want to go into politics so <laughs> we see already you were yeah. really involved you were committed to Uh, pushing your ideas and rallying people of your generation around those ideas, mm -hmm. but was that already an idea in your head that you'd have a career as a politician? Always, I was a little girl. I was eight year old, I, and I knew I mm. would do. I would go into politics. My, I I think it's in my DNA. Um, my great grandfathers, both of them on the Jolie side and the Lacombe side, were actually mayors of very small cities. Uh, which were eventually amalgamated to become Mirabelle mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, on the North Shore of Montreal. So um, I guess that was part of... Uh, it was in your genes. It was in my genes. It was in my genes. Now, I didn't know how to get there. Interesting. And uh, my mom is, uh, is a former school teacher mm -hmm. and, and, and school principal. My dad is an accountant. Um, nobody had studied law in my family. Mm -hmm. They're the first generation to go to university. So um, I said, well, why not? 
why not go and study law? Apparently, there's lots of politicians that go into that's, law. That's a good idea. <laughs> I love studying it. Mm. I hated practicing it. Interesting. I, I practiced for five years as a commercial litigator. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it, it created my, uh, I think it, you know, uh, the, the, uh, I still have that uh, lawyer uh, approach where I, I tend to fight mm. for, for causes yeah, for what you and take in. a stand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I had to discover also other other parts of my personality before going into politics. So you worked in communications for a while, uh, working at Radio-Canada, CBC in Montreal, yeah. and uh, eventually going to uh, a career in public relations, yeah. heading Conan Wolf, uh, the communications cabinet part of the national group. Um, how did that shape your uh, kind of the next the next stage in w- coming out and actually you know voicing that you wanted to be a politician? Well, first, uh, just taking the decision of letting go a successful and and and, and good career in law was mm-hmm. was a a risk in itself. And uh, but from that moment, I took that risk and and just decided to create. All these organizations we were talking about, from the museum, uh, uh, youth committee, up to uh, the creation of a magazine, and then going and trying to to go into journalism at Radio Canada, and then heading into communications, mm-hmm. it made me very confident in the fact that I could be the master of my own career, and that I really like taking risks, mm-hmm. and that I value risk taking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of empowered me uh, into the fact that uh, even as a young person, um, I really had everything in me to take charge right. of my own future. Yeah. yeah. So that was that Spoken was ast- like a true leader. <laughs> no, but but no, but it was astonishing because it's we tend to think that okay, well. Uh, if you are you become a leader and and if you become a, a lawyer or an engineer or you go into um you know uh you, you decide to take care of the restaurant of your family you know mm-hmm. a, a family business that the path is already you it's know, card for you it's card mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. which is not necessarily the case actually yeah. you decide where to go if you turn right, you turn right, mm-hmm. and then you know you can always turn left, and it's. But um, so that really helped, mm-hmm. and uh, and then eventually, uh, what helped is uh, I decided to well when I was given the responsibility of of, of a company, mm-hmm. uh, I I understood I just you know it made me very uh, um, aware of what was the impact of my decisions on right. the team right. and on the company, obviously. And uh, and uh, I think fundamentally, I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm, I'm an, mm-hmm. uh, some may say, social entrepreneur because I like taking an idea and, and, and actually implementing it, yeah. making it a reality. And I'm also an entrepreneur in the business sense of, of things because I, I like business. Yeah, and you create projects and yes, lead them. Yes, that's it. One I, project at the time, we changed the world. No, yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> Melanie held several senior positions at a young age, starting with uh, being general manager of a big PR firm in Montreal in her very early 30s. 
Um, I asked her if being a woman and being young uh, ever sparked criticism, if obstacles were put in her way because of that reason. Oh, obviously. Mm-hmm. If they didn't tell it to my face, actually, they they went through the media to say. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because when I ran to become mayor of Montreal, I remember I was 34, and I thought to myself, hey, Jean Drapeau, who is the most successful mayor of Montreal, um, you know, we, I, I can take an argument on that anytime, um, was actually 34 when he was elected. Mm, how interesting. So, uh, and nobody actually was talking about the fact he was too young at the time. Mm, he was a man. He, he was a man. And this was also at a time in the 60s where people, a lot of young people, were actually taking their place. Hmm. And, in, and there was a time of a lot of young people actually uh, creating these leadership mm-hmm, mm-hmm. opportunities for them and their generation. Mm-hmm. So And starting new movements. And starting new movements. And so um, it was it was normal mm-hmm. in a very young society because the, the, the young people were the most prevalent mm-hmm. uh, generation in, in, at the time. Uh, it was normal to see a lot of young people in a society that is much more aging like ours sometimes it's more difficult to see more young people Mm. so how did you deal with that when somebody told you you're too young or you shouldn't be here you're too pretty or you too you know all the reasons came up at first it was i was anxious Mm. uh, because i was surprised by the reaction i didn't expect that with all my naivety at mm. the time, uh, and uh, I was, I, I thought, well, I have this great project. We have a great team. Why not? Why mm. we can we can manage a city. We can do that. I won't be alone. I'll mm-hmm. have, uh, you know, great counselors with with me. Uh, and then I rea- I realized that um, as I was doing this, I was creating a new leadership model, mm-hmm. which was very specific. Uh, to the fact of being a young woman mm-hmm. trying to become the mayor of Montreal. Yeah. And then later on, even in my federal cabinet career, that's still the case. And, um, and that the fact of creating new role models is something that is very inspiring. Mm-hmm. inspiring and, mm-hmm. and, and, I, I, and I feel privileged of having that chance. But at the same time, it comes with a lot of psychological strain yeah and and a lot and it needs a lot of resilience mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so and when you face a moment of doubt which we all go through and when I think if you're you know if you're leading uh, if you're if you're a minister if you have such important uh, functions I'm sure there are moments where you're you're doubting yourself or doubting your decisions how how do you deal with that uh, it's funny because this morning I was uh, grabbing coffee with the former premier of Quebec uh, Pauline Marois, which I, I really respect her for putting, f- f- you know, universal childcare uh, mm-hmm. as a, a very progressive measure in Quebec. She and was also a trailblazer. She was one of, you know, the first she was a female first politician. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I asked her, Mrs. Marois, did you ever doubt? She said, well, all the time, Melanie. Hmm. And, and, and I, it, it kind of made me, ah, oh, I felt like good because... Um, I I have my own doubts. Mm. I have my own, you know, also moments where I feel express like very very confident, mm-hmm. and I, and I know what I, uh, you know, why I'm what I'm fighting for and why I'm fighting for things. But um, sometimes I have my own moments of doubts, and um, and I think sometimes as women, 
we tend to question ourselves a bit more. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, what I do and uh, during these moments is I, I try to go back to my intuition. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe at the beginning of my political career I didn't do that as much for a long time I was the youngest person in the boardroom and I was very proud of that <laughs> yeah yeah and I was defining myself a lot yeah uh, I've, I've gone through that too yes that's it and but at one point you know I'm going to turn 40 next mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm very proud of the fact that there are younger people mm-hmm. than me <laughs> on the boardroom and I, I actually uh, wanted to ground myself in who I am as a person and listen more to my intuition. Mm-hmm. I think it is, I, I, I think that's one of my strengths when, you know, when I look back is that when I listen to myself and my intuition, I know I'm right. And how to get there is actually being able to take time to kind of get rid of the you know noise over sound mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I need to be able to actually um, hear from 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 my inner instincts yeah listen <laughs> to your your inner voice really and exactly exactly block the noise out yes that's it mm. and that's feasible it's not all always easy but mm-hmm. I tend to do that I go for a run mm-hmm. I try to uh, talk to my best friends and, uh, and I also talk to myself a lot. I try to understand why I'm feeling in a certain way in a given moment. Right, right. What has triggered my emotion. Mm-hmm. I'm, very, I'm very aware that my emotions are always triggered by my thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's never my, my emotions that trigger my emotions. Of course. So uh, I try so to... So you become under- really self-aware. Yes, mm. self-awareness is key. Mm. It is really key. Mm. And, uh, and also, I can't be disconnected from what people are feeling around me. Right. I have to, I, and sometimes I have tendency to really um, be impatient and go fast and, and drive the team with a lot of energy towards the result I want. Mm-hmm. What I've learned over the past years was to take a bit more of my time to explain a bit more things in order to get to where I want along with the team mm-hmm. and actually the population. You talk about the team. What's your leadership style? Uh, I never want to impose my leadership. Okay. I want actually it to be recognized. So it's a, I want people to grow around me. Mm-hmm. I like strong teams. I like people that are better than me mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, and that can support me and I can support them mm-hmm. um, I I really believe in the fact that uh, people can can invest in their strengths mm-hmm. rather than only their weaknesses I I can't I I've been a victim of a psychological and sexual harassment at work mm-hmm. and uh, and I would never want any of my team members mm-hmm. to go through it, through this. And uh, and I I want them to actually be stronger when they leave my team because I know that I'm I'm just maybe a part of their life and they'll go on and do other things. Do other things afterwards. But yeah. I want them to um, 
to look back eventually to the time we spent together as a positive time in their life. I asked Melanie about her leader and his style of leadership, talking about Justin Trudeau, of course. He's very intuitive in that sense. Right. And, uh, and he actually has a very positive leadership because he will be able to adapt how he reacts to how people are in the room. Hmm. So he's never tone deaf, which mm. is huge. Mm-hmm. That's a great quality. In a, in a, in politics. I asked Melanie about gender parity on the Trudeau cabinet since that had been such an important goal to achieve at the time. Well, you know, I think we're human beings around the cabinet table. We're not men and women. Uh, so I don't feel there's any difference between uh, my male colleagues or my female colleagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I think he's a man of his generation, which is actually how we are mostly in, in you know, that's what shapes us. Yes, that's what shapes us. That's how we were educated. Mm. And, uh, uh, but um, at the same time, I think also that um, he is he's very much aware of the stereotypes that can uh, dictate a given decision mm. or a thought. And in that sense, he, uh, he addresses these stereotypes. He's not fearful of addressing them. Mm. Although sometimes people can be a bit shocked by the fact of talking about uh, of, about these stereotypes uh, or, or actually it shows a form of vulnerability. I think also mm. Justin Trudeau is not fearful of looking vulnerable with his emotions. Right, right. Uh, and uh, and I think it's 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 it makes it more in phase with what I think is politics in the 21st century, mm-hmm. which is a politics based on the managements of, of, of the population's emotions. And recognizing them as humans and recognizing the members of his cabinet as humans too. Exactly. Of course. Not just as policymakers or you know, no, leaders. No, no, or, no, no, no. It's yeah. all about human interactions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and specifically because we're at a time where people are anxious about their future. They ask themselves whether they will have the same opportunities in the next years or their children will have the same opportunities that they do. And we're seeing that all across the world. Uh, and that creates a lot of anxiety. Mm. And that creates also a challenge for decision makers to be respected by their population by the people that represent. And um, going back to who we are as people, uh, what do we stand for, being close to uh, the people we represent in order to again and again and again have their confidence and show that we're connected to their own issues Mm. and we feel the way they feel and we can be frustrated like they are or we can be extremely joyful and proud like they are is really important Mm. we can never be disconnected Mm -hmm. never because when we do that we lose the confidence in the system which is at the core of our democracy and which is at the core of the fact of having a peaceful society Mm -hmm. if we fast forward 10 years from now and you look back what will make you the most proud of in terms of what you've achieved of what what you've what significant uh, uh, decision you've taken or project you've implemented or could be something in your personal life too I don't know yet (laughs) I don't know you're asking a big question Uh, but what I can tell you recently 
is um, I'm very proud of what we're doing and what I'm doing on the for for to fight for Franco Ontarians. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm very proud of of actually um, defending a cause which I actually discovered being the minister in charge of these linguistic minorities. Right. And uh, I I profound as a francophone as a Quebecois I. I, I, I feel their, their, their frustration mm. and, and their fear of assimilation uh, towards the, the majority. But at the same time, I think that in the end, what I'm fighting for is the vision of a country, mm. which is the country we decided to, to, to create 151 years ago, mm -hmm. a country where there would be... Um, Francophones and Anglophones and, and obviously First Nations and uh, we're really working hard on reconciliation uh, that would live together mm -hmm. peacefully mm -hmm. and and ultimately um, welcome the the entire world to our country mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to in the end offer the best we could to our children in the next generation and have a thriving society and have a thriving society. And it, it is part of who we are as a country mm. to respect these minorities, the Francophones in, in outside Quebec, the Anglophones in Quebec. Mm -hmm. And that's how actually even for me being a liberal, um, we see the country. That's what Wilfrid Laurier, the first Francophone prime minister, did at the beginning of the 20th century. That's what um, Pierre Trudeau did 50 years ago when he... Uh, you know adopted the official languages act right and that's i'm i'm the one now along with the prime minister obviously defending a legacy of ideas and of people is there a saying or a quote could be an author could be a politician could be anything that comes to your mind often something that you might repeat yourself over mm -hmm. and over well actually you can't defend your ideas and your principle if nobody knows about it That's a good one. That's what Wilfred Laurier actually said. Mm. Um, and, uh, and I think that um, sometimes uh, we tend to explain what we're doing, but we're not explaining why we're doing things. That's so true. And so, uh, and when we explain why, we tend to be able to uh, have more support for what we do mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but in the in the fact of in, in the in the context of having to deal with so many uh, you know s noise and 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 not being able to actually go back to what drives us um, I think that's uh, that's something I'm trying to uh, educate my team on is mm -hmm. how can we actually be talking about why we do things more mm -hmm. I remember taking all my speeches and saying, you're not saying why we're doing things. Put that into it. You know, this is what I think. This is, this is what I believe in. Mm -hmm. um, and because we're dealing with the emotions of a population and, and, and with the emotions of people in mm -hmm. general. That can, of humans. Mm -hmm. Yes, of humans. Um, you know, the... the The driving force of, of humanity has always been ideas. Mm. 
And people that have been able to move society in the right direction and in a positive, uh, through to a positive outcome, were the ones that were able to connect with the emotions of people mm. and actually get the and 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 make them become better people mm. through a a a a overall movement mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 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 so when you look at Martin Luther King when you look at John F Kennedy and and these great leaders and the best speeches of Obama and the best speeches mm. of Justin Trudeau mm-hmm. it's actually when they talk about why we do things mm. and 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 I think that's exactly what we need to do more we can't be bureaucrats in positions of political power. Thank you so much, Melanie Jolie, for speaking to us today on The Female Leads. Merci, merci. And that's all the time we had with Melanie Jolie today. If you like today's show, subscribe to The Female Leads wherever good podcasts are found. Follow us on Instagram and like, comment, share on our posts. We'll be back next week with a new guest. And I also want to let you know that we'll have a bonus episode, which will be an interview with Melanie Jolie in French this time. That makes sense since she is, after all, our Minister of Official Languages. I'll speak to you in a week with a new guest on the show. In the meantime, take care and thank you for listening.